0: film crew podcast i'm cindy and i'm dale you can watch us on youtube you can like and comment on youtube videos and subscribe to our youtube channel you can support us on anchor you can listen to us everywhere podcasts are found at 16 mm film crew podcast and leave us a rate and review you can visit us on our website www.16millimeterfilmcrew.com for more more info more articles like it's a great experience over there so check that out um this week we watched the gray man 2022 now this is based on a book series and the synopsis of this movie is that when the cia's top asset his identity known to no one uncovers agency secrets he triggers a global hunt by assassins set loose by his ex-colleague this movie is directed by Anthony and Joe Russo of Marvel of Captain America and Avengers Infinity War Endgame. You know, the, the iconic stuff. Um, the film stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Jessica Henwick, Reggae jean Page, Danush, Wagner Mora, Julia Butters, Alfred Wordard, and Billy Bob Thornton. So, Dale, what did you think about this movie?
1: Um, it's a good time waster. I mean, it's a, it's one of those movies you. Okay, when I say time waster, it's not a negative, but it's kind of it's it's not um unforgettable. So it's not a time waster, but it's one of those movies that you could just put on for a good time and relax. You know, um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's the best way I can I can describe it. Like it's not like this groundbreaking cinematic you know experience it's, it's it's not like and i think a lot of people were expecting probably in watching this were knowing that people involved like ryan goss and chris evans i think we were expecting some kind of like born-esque james bond-esque type of thing but it was really like almost like a really paint by the numbers action movie to a degree so yeah
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a pain-by- I wouldn't agree to a time-waster. I don't agree to that part of it. Yeah, (laughs) But I would agree to yes, it is a very like pain-by-the-numbers action movie. It did remind me a little bit of Born. It also reminded me of Extraction, but I liked this movie better than I liked Extraction, for some reason. But um, I don't know. When they were in production for this movie, I really was expecting something like, oh, this is going to be like a very groundbreaking, like action movie, or maybe not groundbreaking, but just very interesting. Like I thought it was going to be like a really intriguing movie because of the people associated with it. But I don't know when it came out, no one was really saying anything about this movie. So that's when I thought, okay, well, if it's not, if, if it was really bad, people will be talking about this a lot. If it was really good, some people would be talking about it a lot. But since no one was releasing anything, I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess it hasn't it didn't make that much of an impact. So and I now watching it, I understand why. Because it just wasn't like it was fine. Like I enjoyed certain aspects of it. I really didn't like other aspects of it. But overall as a movie, like it was it was fine.
1: Mm. (laughs) It was okay. It like I seen like I don't know I guess to break out two breakouts in a way well three it seems like post um James Bond you know for her one little moment and we, but we see all the, the the fight choreography and the fight scene that Honor the Armas was in in the last James Bond movie it seems like she's she's been, been like to me like Honor the Armas and her like career so she's she is like a breakout talent like she's done so much diverse work like that she's like. Action movies and stuff like that and so then she could play like the 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 girl next door, the kind of thing. Her like acting range, like is really is really and amazing. Um, like this movie was very um, like Ryan Gosling. This, this is like this movie. This character frame is very much in the vein of, I want to say, Blade Runner and Drive still still that kind of kind of role for him i think the person who probably had the most fun was chris evans it feels like it feels like chris evans now spent like a decade it, well, i can't believe it was a decade but spending a decade as captain america he really likes having fun playing bad guys now um between this and of course we saw knives out it really you see how broad his acting range as well because remember beginning of his career we only knew him as the the funny comedy movie guy you know that ron reynolds X Girl, but now you see post Marvel, you see he can't, he has, he's really diverse. Um, I like how Renee was able to play an unlikable person, like that whole Smarmy person, no matter if it's CIA or whatever, every level, everybody knows somebody like Renee's character, you know, how he played that Smarmy, like I'm smarter than you, I know everything kind of asshole. But yeah, no, I think this movie was like really. It ticked all the boxes of what like a spy-esque action movie would needs to be. I thought this knowing like after watching the movie and how it kind of diverged less from enemy to state, Will Smith movie, if anybody hasn't seen it, it, has Will Smith, Gene Hackman, where basically Will Smith is framed. He's a spy, a spy or whatever. I've, I was thinking, I thought it was going to go more that route, but in the end, like between him and the girl, it turned more into like a riff. In a way of you know lone wolf, lone wolf in the cub kind of mandalorian or i'm this badass guy that has to protect this kid. and out so i don't know i think the movie i uh, once you to diverge from the spy path and came became a a spy protecting a kid after meeting her once out of nowhere it kind of became really you know it wasn't a cohesive switch if you get what i'm saying
0: oh, okay the, mm. to me mm. Um, yeah, this story was, like, to me, it feels like this movie was, like, the Russos going, well, first of all, it was in developmental hell for a very long time. Like, people have been trying to get this movie made for so long, and it hasn't worked. So, sometimes you can pull it out the bag, other times, it's like, you might as well have just kept it, you know in development but i don't i don't think this is necessarily an example of like a bad like one of those movies that just didn't work but i do think that the reason why it probably took a long time to get made is because the story isn't great like it's very much like we want to do these cool action sequences and we need to build something around that so people so it's a movie like you know what i'm saying and not just like a youtube video of people fighting each other like i feel like that's what they were trying to do with this I was like, the story so bland. I didn't know half of the characters' names because I felt like they didn't mention it or maybe they did, but I missed it. I don't know. Um, like I didn't know Anna Diarmas's character's name until she talked about it in an interview. Like I watched a separate interview to find out that her name was whatever. And I still don't remember her name. <laughs> I was literally calling her Anna the entire time. Like I, like you're playing a character and I forgot about that. So that's, that's not great. But also, I just feel like they knew, I think they were banking on the personalities of the actors to really give the characters, like, personality, like, to give the characters character, because the actual characters are, like, very, like, baseline, like, not, like, barely characters with any kind of development. Like, you just have these people, like, people who you've already seen in other movies, like, those,
1: you have the... Standard standard
0: archetypical... Yeah, You yeah, know, the mustache-twirling villain and the strong fighter guy and the strong female chick. Like, it was just very, very stereotypical and boring. So, like, the fact that they cast Ryan Gosling to play a role and Chris Evans and Anna Diamas it, like, it gave... They were like, these people's personalities are charming and it's also stuff that the audience would have already been familiar with. So we're just gonna use their charm to, like, sell these characters. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. It worked. Like, I was, like, I was down for what was happening. Um I didn't really... I couldn't really get with um Reggae's character. I just felt like he was trying to convince me that he was the smartest guy in the room, and I just didn't buy it. So yeah. that's interesting. The girl from The Matrix, Jessica, I'm glad that she's in stuff. Like, I think she's a really good actress, but... <laughs> I was like, what are you doing here? Like, I don't know. For some reason, I just wasn't on board with her character either. But yeah, I the story was just a hodgepodge of stuff. Like that happened, that was just built around the fact that they wanted to do these cool fight sequences. And I will say the fight sequences were very good. Like, I think that's the Russo strength. Like they do know how to do that very well. And I think that yeah. that very much worked. How it was shot, however, the scenes where they do like that Drone, like you had like, it's like someone sent a toy drone up in the sky to like get everything, the 360, whatever. I hated that with a passion. I hated how it was shot. I hated it so much. And I was, and they did it so many times. I was like, please stop doing this. Like it didn't look good to me. Some of the effects in the CGI looked really bad. Like when Chris Evans gets that hole in his back. And he's fighting towards the end. I was like, what is this? Like, this is, looks bad. The de-aging on Billy Bob Thornton hated that. thought that looked terrible. So I don't really know what's happening here. I feel like they maybe. I mean, Netflix did spend $200 million to make this movie. Like, it's one of the most expensive things that they did. I mean, now I get why they're, like, bankrupt. Because, <laughs> like, the amount of money they spent on, like, this and stranger things. Like, I know they don't have any money left. But for the money, again, for the money to be spent that amount of money to be spent and the some of those effects just looked like absolute garbage i was like again it's the question of like what's going on here like i just have so many questions i have questions
1: yeah it's 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 obvious in watching that to see why this movie was been been in development since 2011. Mm. it's it's obvious it's not the story was it's not a a solid story or at least the story they came up with um and it's and because I'm reading I'm reading the development behind it started in 2011 Brad Pitt was originally going to star in like but you know but somewhere along in like 2015 he dropped out Then Charlize Theron entered she was not played Ryan Gosling's role in Sony Pictures with the Russo's you know it's like it's it's yeah, so it's it's clear to see why the movie was in developmental hell because the story is not strong strong enough, and like you said before, like the movie did have a limited release before Netflix I uh the movie I think we that's the week we watched um uh uh in competition, but just to buzz off of that initial week, you know, there was really nothing like at least at that same time you had a Thor clearly with Thor you got positive and negative reactions. But the, the limited release for this movie was just nothing. It was just like silence. So that was that should have been the first clear sign. that this movie was not going to be the best. And it's obvious that Netflix is trying to push their all behind this because Netflix has mentioned before that they, they want to have their own cinematic universe and they're they're planning a sequel for this movie with Ryan Gosling returning and also getting a spinoff on. Um, I do think if they were planning, I don't think they were planning on doing a sequel in the writing of this movie. But you never know what Netflix, considering that they spent two hundred million dollars for this movie, and I feel like it's money, not money wasted. Um, if you were going to do a sequel, I would not have done as much as they did in this movie. I would have been able to draw it out. Like this would not have been the first movie. Like just would have been a movie down the line. Like I would establish the character more. You know spend more time with them if you want to do some something like born because now the sequel it turns the sequel is going to turn literally into the mandalorian because mm-hmm. it's a dude and a child the whole time you know so yeah i don't think this whole net i don't think netflix i think the issue with netflix is they don't have they might have certain people from entertainment backgrounds But I think in my head, they're money people and they're trying to hop on trends. Not looking at the cohesive... I think Netflix, in the search of creating a cinematic universe or the big box office draw, is having issues akin to Bruce and DC. Like, they're trying to force stuff too much. Like, I can understand the the money they spent with Stranger Things because that's been an amazing return on investment. But then you have... You have The Gray Man. You have... You have Outlaw King, which was still good, and they spent like hundred and twenty million on that. You have, you know, um, Scorsese. You have you have the Marriage Story. You had um, you have all these movies. They're just throwing money and hoping something works, and it's not really hitting, you know, the same way. So, I think Nicholas said, Disa chillin', chilling." Like they're even forcing Squid Games to be Squid Games too. A movie that was anti-capitalist. And that was the plan. Anti-capitalist one movie is now being full like it's suddenly being thrust upon the creator and director to come up with a sequel because it made money. A movie that was anti-capitalist has now fall for the trap of capitalist Ironic, due the Netflix. So I don't know. Netflix. I don't think Netflix needs to like just chill and just release good content instead of focusing on that major IP. You know. So
0: yeah, and it is true. Like I didn't think about it in that in those terms until you said it. Like. The fact that streamers are, like, big players in terms of, like, producing content. I mean, like, obviously, but I mean, like, akin to a Warner Brothers or Universal or something like that. Like, you have Amazon and HBO Max and Netflix competing, like, on the same level. And I didn't think about it in that way until you presented it that way. But it is true, like... Streamers are like big studios at this point, and I didn't think about them also feeling that they needed like a tent pole, like big franchise to carry. Like I didn't think about it in those terms, but I guess that does make sense because of how, because of like what they've been producing. I get it, and I feel like if your competitors are doing that and they have that, like Amazon has Lord of the Rings, you know, Warner Brothers has all of the DC comics, not as of like. I get how you'd want to be in that mix. I don't know if the gray man is the place that you want to start off with it. You know, I don't think that's a good, like, I don't know if that's like the best investment. I don't think that makes any sense to try to like make that into a franchise. I don't know, but Hey, I'm not in the Netflix offices. I'm making the one, I'm not the one making the decision. So whatever, but it is, it is interesting. Interesting thought.
1: Like, why are we making a second one of this? Like, it's just like. Yeah, they're trying because Extraction is getting a sequel as well. Yeah. Like, they're really trying to find. They're trying to lynch onto, like, oh, we got Ryan like big star. He's got Barbie coming out. Franchise. Oh, we got Chris Hemworth, Thor, box office draw. Let's make a franchise out of that. I think. I think one-off movies is probably Netflix's best wheelhouse, and not even honestly the strength in Netflix is not even their movies because they can put on other people's movies and be fine. The strength in Netflix is their limited series and stuff like that, and their shows. Like if they focus on that, they're fine. Because what Hulu is basically, oh, you're just rewatching what comes on NBC. Uh, ABC. Same thing with uh, Peacock. You're you're watching stuff that goes on NBC TV. Like Netflix can have a lot of original creative tv shows in their in their repertoire but they choose to throw all their money into you know these movies when, and yeah. which don't have a lasting effect so
0: yeah like think, think it, about all
1: the netflix movies that have come out like it comes out and then no one really talks about them long term whereas the tv shows a limited series people talk about them constantly yeah that's true
0: and it's so funny because like most of the press, like I went after I watched the movie, I went to go see like all the interviews and stuff. And most of the press is the cast talking about Barbie. Like they're not even talking about the movie for all. Like <laughs> that's what had me. Every time I would look at another interview title, it would just be about Ryan Gossing in Barbie. So people are hype about that movie, not the movie that's actually coming out. And I think that's hilarious. Like I think that's actually so funny that nobody cares about the current film. Like, they're just, they're just concerned about, like, Ken. I'm, that definitely tells you everything that you need to know right there. Like, I think that is really telling. But, yeah, I I think that Netflix definitely needs to figure something out. Like, I don't really, I don't love the idea of them trying to come up with, like, a franchise per se. I just think that, I don't really know because Netflix is kind of confusing to me. Like this turned into a conversation about Netflix, not even about this movie, whatever. (laughs) I'll get back there. But (laughs) (laughs) like Netflix will put out stuff like The Crown, The Stranger Things. You'll have good like good international films and television shows like Squid Game, like all of the independent films that we found through that streamer. And then they'll have stuff like Persuasion, which from all I heard, was absolutely terrible. But you have, like, a big star like Dakota Johnson on it. And then you'll have these, like, really bad Netflix movies with Noah Centine- Negro or whatever his last name is. And you'll just have, like, all these random... It's, like, it's like, random. Like, it's such a random, weird place on the internet. It's, like, what... I don't know what they're actually selling. Because, like you said, like, the other streamers have, like, a very clear, you know, selling point of, like, what you get when you come to the surface. And for Netflix, I literally don't know, like, it's the only place where I can, like, watch Stranger Things. Like, that's the reason why I'm watching it. I mean, I'm on it. But in terms of, like, what they're offering, it's so confusing that I don't even know, like, how anyone really focuses on, like, or wants to be invested in even building a franchise for that service. Because, like, what are you off- I don't know what you're doing. There's just, like, a bunch of crap on there. Like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yes, this, yeah, so, I don't don't know, especially considering, like, especially that I'm actually also looking about the movie, like, everything, like, the original book that this universe was made of came out in 2009, Mm -hmm. and the first book, like, literally, I'm reading the synopsis of the first book, this first book has, this movie and the first book are nothing, (laughs) Too different Two different little little plots. Like in the apparently in the book, he's like going to Nigeria to like assassinate like some billion dollar oil thing. Nothing to do with the movie. Um, and I feel like like I know this has gone beyond the movie, but that's literally like we said the movie's paint by numbers, and it it is, this movie highlights the deficiencies in Netflix, honestly to a T. Um, this is another example of you know goldfin syndrome for me where amazing book and you rush or you you get the rights to you get the rights to it and rush to try and adapt it into a, a movie because you know the book came the book came out in 2009 and I think from then they've been trying to somehow make make a movie out of this so yeah
0: yeah um but for the actual film yeah i yeah i thought it was it was fine i I did love Anna Diamris in it, but I also wish that they gave her more to do. I feel like in terms of character, but again, since this is like a paint by the numbers, they weren't gonna do a lot with any of these characters. But especially for her, I feel like because she is such like a really good up-and-coming nah, she's not even up and coming. She's here. She's arrived. But in terms of like the roles that she's getting now, where they're much more like we have a larger audience that will come to see them. I did want them to give her a lot more to do. She's also in, under what another Netflix movie, the Marilyn Monroe joint that's coming out. So, I mean, she'll be fine. But I'm just, for this movie, like I wanted to see her have a little bit more development, a little bit more to do in terms of like her character. But other than that, I did love the action stuff. And I thought that the charm of the actors really pulled out (laughs) some good moments in terms of like how they bantered and how, you know, they worked together. I think at least the main three, Ana Diarmas has worked with Chris Evans before. She's worked with Ryan Gosling on Blade Runner. So they had a nice chemistry between all of them. Um, Julia Butters, who was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really like her and I'm really excited to see what she does next because I think she's a really good actress, like a really good young actress up and coming. And Reggae, I didn't, I didn't watch Bridgerton. So I actually have no idea what he did in that show, but I'm glad that he's employed and I'm glad he's getting work. (laughs) Because I don't, I don't really know. Didn't love the character, but I am happy he's here. He's employed. The Russo brothers have continued to just make movies. Like they made Cherry. They made that movie with Chadwick, 21 Bridges. I don't even know what that was about. They're like making these like offshoot movies. That I don't know if they're like good, but I guess they're getting a nice paycheck to make them. So there that is.
1: I'll give the Russo brothers credit for being a duo of directors whose claim to fame was, um, Comedy with the rest of development, and but they've adapted to, with the Captain America movies. Like, the strength of the Captain America movies how they created, like, almost like, which is weird watching Captain America movies and how they kind of blended that whole political spy thriller kind of thing from a comic book movie. Like, they turned Captain America in that genre. Um, I'm surprised at how they missed the ball with this. Like, it's a literal spy movie. It should be the easiest match. Like, you don't have to take any other context from a comic book and try to squeeze it. You have a book, a book series about a CIA agent, like the wheelhouse. It's, it should it should have been right up their wheelhouse with this with this movie to create something beautiful. And it just didn't work. Um, Honestly, like we said with. Uh, Reggae, we don't really outside of, you know, and he's just Playing a charmer and a sweet talker, it was nice to get the glimpse of the bad guy from him. We won't see much more from him as far as actor until the D and D movie comes out. But I think that's kind of blending a, a bit more of the British him, like because based on his character, he's like a knight, so he's gonna probably still be a charmer, but he's still gonna be able to give give his act- action chops off. um the person I'm probably most disappointed who didn't get a chance is Jessica Um Henwick. Um, mm-hmm. because of course, if you're a Marvel fan, she was an Iron Fist, and she like did all her own scenes, comparably to her co-star, who couldn't fight at all. Like she was really, like she can re- really get down. So I'm really disappointed she didn't have a scene like Anna did, of her showing off her, her um, her her act, her act, her stunt acting abilities. Um, but yeah, this movie is not, you know, it's, it's a movie. It's not yeah, bad. It's, movie. it's not good. It's it's a movie that I I I don't think that the hype. It didn't reach the hype that was expected from it when it was announced. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, so what would you rate it?
1: Um. You know, if if you want to watch it, watch it. That's literally my rating. I I I'm not giving it a negative. I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it positive. I mean, it's a movie. It's like. If it's if your movie is bad, I'm gonna shit on your movie. If your movie's good, I'm gonna praise it. But this movie is just so m- marginal, so middle of the road. Story that kind of it goes two different directions. The story. I mean, of course the actors did an amazing job. Like this is one of those movies where you could say the actors carry the movie. Cause you know, Ryan Ryan and fucking Chris Emond, Chris Chris Evans did their did their thing. But yeah, if this if you ain't got nothing to do and it's, you know, a day of the week and you have nothing to do, you can put this movie on. You'll waste about two hours of your time. So Yeah. The story you're like, come on, like. <laughs>
0: uh yeah. Uh I'll give this like Uh Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a good time That's I had my a good rating. time too I had a good I, time yeah. it was, I, 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 I enjoyed looking at all of these very beautiful people fighting each other that yeah. was great it wasn't to me it was like if you did it, not in the same like way of like if you have like if you want to waste two hours of your time but like if you want to if you know a friend or a family member who likes action movies, you can just watch it with them. Like I feel like this is something like my mom would like. Like just like a basic action movie. Like it's not mm-hmm. too complicated. You know what I'm saying? Like there isn't like a political or whatever edge to it. It's just it's just someone fighting a bunch of people. Like and if if that's what you want to see, then that's the movie for you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't you know, I feel like recently I've just gotten to this place where I don't, I'm not going to have, like, a passionate take on movies that are mid, like.
1: It's a very why, big mid movie. You know?
0: <laughs> or movies that I know, because, like, the past couple, because, I again, I feel like we're in this place where everyone has very strong opinions on stuff. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not even going to be as, like. I don't know, harsh or whatever about movies that either aren't good or just mediocre. Cause like, why should I put my energy into like going so hard for these movies that are just whatever, like, and that we're probably going to forget about in two seconds. Yeah. So my review is I had a good time. Like I knew what this movie was. I knew that the fact that people on the press tour were talking more about the actor's upcoming films instead of the film they were actually promoting just told me, like, yeah, this movie wasn't going to be... I was excited for it when it was in production, but now I'm just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, just watch it if you want to have a nice, good little time on a Sunday. We're not really doing much, you know. Enjoy it. Is, it. It's it, fine.
1: There's, there's nothing wrong with a mid-movie. That's true. <laughs> you just got to understand that, it, that the movie is, is mid, you know. And mid, I they
0: 200 million dollars yeah. on it being if for it to be mid that's kind of bad that's a, that's <laughs> we, can, we, can talk, we can talk about that we can talk about the business <laughs> that's interest that's what you want to be that's... passionate about let's talk about that but
1: yeah no. look it, it, if like in your right if it's if it's a mid movie i'm not gonna go high or low on it but like if it's a movie that you know it's you know Like the the gems we found that, you know, people aren't talking about, I'm going to go to that and I'm going to be 1% behind it, but this is not one of those movies that I'm going to be like, oh, it's, it's, you know, I'm not like, unless if we were paid to actually watch these by the movies, maybe I might say, yeah, Netflix, this movie's amazing, but y'all ain't paying my bills, so y'all going to get shit on with y'all bad choices, so, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, it, and it's not to say that like like I said, there's nothing wrong with me because we understand the amount of work that goes behind making these movies, but yeah. to spend two hundred million dollars on this, yeah, yeah. So um, that's it. <laughs> um, moving on from that because I I really want to move on from that. Mm-hmm. Um, box office, you know so. Box office is kind of weird, you know. Summer movie time, you know. Summer the uh, heading into fall. Um, this is also the post, you know, comic uh, Comic Con, you know, moment. So it's kind of weird. But um, the big movie that was probably out was you know, uh, DC Super Pets, Unexpected. I uh, and the thing with this movie is there were not a lot of commercials or ads for this movie. Like, unless you go to the movie theater, all you saw was like Chris Rock's name big, or not Chris Rock, but The Rock's name's big, name in big letters. Or you know, Kevin Hart. Like, the main advertising point of this movie was the speak, the speaking characters. Like, you know, people are going like watching posters or looking at any kind of content of movie, you really had a little understanding of what the movie was about. Like, you just see The Rock's name, a picture of a dog, and then. DC Super Pets and like small, small ass fine print. But so, of course, just off the strength of advertising at stars, it did have a good opening. Um, nope, fell about 70% in its uh, second weekend view. Um, Is that bad? It's not 70%, 60% in its second weekend view. Oh. Um, so, I mean, that was always going to happen um, because we're in that kind of flavor of the month or the week kind of uh stage of the season right now until we get back into fall um uh, for movies. So that was what's gonna happen. But uh the major numbers for the weekend of course um a number ten uh, they just debuted at number ten it's a focus p- focus pictures movie. Um, it's about a radio radio host who goes to New York City to solve the murder of a girl he hook up with, and travels down south to investigate her death and murder. Um, it opened at number ten to about uh, two point seven million dollars. So it only showing about it only showed in about a um, thousand theaters. Um, Jurassic uh, World Dominion held at nine. Black Phone at uh, eight. Elvis. Um, at seven, um, where the Crawdads Sings, um, went down to six. Top Gun Maverick, Hell Study for the past two weeks at five, and its tenth week in the bot in um, in theaters, which is still amazing. Um, Minions: House of Millions, Rise of Groot, debuted at four. Thor: Love and Thunder, um, is down at uh, three, um, with a forty-one percent drop off on a week-to-week basis. Nope, of course I mentioned went from one to two for the weekend uh the gross difference between two weeks is 60 almost 60 percent even though it went in 22 extra pick extra theaters and of course uh, number one a dc super press. of course a, a kids movie would be number one movie this time before kids go back to school so it's not you know so that was always going to be eventuality that's the numbers domestically, uh, internationally of course it's uh now, Thor, Love, and Thunder has, you know, ran the gamut here. It's now been premiered um, uh, almost worldwide. Um, we have a few spots where uh, Jurassic World Dominion and Rise of Green is showing, but for the most part, internationally, the number one movie out in most places is uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder.
0: Okay, so we're going to start our news with some sad news. Um, there have been some recent passings of some Hollywood legends. I know Bill Russell is in basketball, so I won't put him in into that category. But Michelle Nichols, who played Uhura. Ooh, is that how you pronounce it? Uhura, yeah. Uhura, okay. I sent a picture. In the original Star Trek. Um, she passed, sadly. I always remember seeing her face because she was like one of the only Black women on that show when it first came out, like obviously Zoe Saldana picked up from her her role like years later, but she was the original, she was OG. Um, she passed and Pat Carroll also passed who voiced Ursula in The Little Mermaid. She passed at like 95, so long life. First of all, Nisha lo- Nichols looks amazing, amazing. And she was like, what, in her eighties, nineties? like so
1: She died at like 89 years
0: old. She looks fabulous, like, come on, that's great. Um, so that's very sad, but I think they lived really long and fulfilling lives, really great career. So, and like things that left a huge legacy in cinema and in pop culture. So I think that's really good. Bill Russell, I don't know about this man. I heard about him online. Can you speak to that?
1: <laughs> of course, Bill Russell is NBA, you one of the greatest players in NBA history in all, in all of the NBA championships. And not only that, he and that group of athletes in the area were staunch, you know, activists and athletes, him, Muhammad Ali, um, Jim Brown. um, That era of players were, I think, held to a different standard. Like, we understood that they were people as well. I think we view athletes nowadays as just athletes, you know, the whole shut up in this dribble kind of thing. with those, that group of players um, in that generation, um, especially him playing with Boston, dealing with kind of um the overt, not even subtle, overt racism that when these people broke into himself. They like shit on his stuff. Like for and that's really weird for me. If you're a sports fan, especially how Boston Celtics fans love to tout the amount of championships they've won for the person. Bill Russell, who won majority of those championships, and for that fan base to disrespect him and deride him while he was playing there, winning those championships, um, is is not surprising because among basketball and sports fans, we everybody kind of agrees that Boston sports kind of racist talks. But um, so yeah, so it's not just the fact that him as a basketball icon, but the stuff he stuff he did also as a as a human being is the same thing of rachel um not rachel Michelle nichols you know first black woman actually it wasn't even playing a black character like for that time period if you're a black person you're playing like maids that was the black character no she was in a main cast member on a sci fi movie on a sci fi series you know i think at one time she said she wanted to quit but you know martin the king who was also a fan of star trek was like you gotta stay because you know you're not playing a black per you're not playing a black character, you're just playing a character. And especially for people of that time period of not seeing standout black actors, just not playing a uh, a basic black person especially to young girls, more specifically. To the point where um you've had um astronaut um uh who was Santa Star Trek ended up becoming, you know, astronaut due to her influence. So like it's like your your people we were beyond our like the things we do can touch so many lives and bill russell and um michelle nichols are like a perfect example of that
0: um
1: but i don't know this was big news for a while then beyonce happened and it just kind of went um but will smith you know he came out with it a a video short video um Responding to the fans, his questions on his social media about his whereabouts and the whole Oscars, Chris Rock thing. Um, seemed like even even though, you know, he's prepared to give these answers to a degree, you could still tell um, visually he's still kind of, you know, in are remorseful about his actions. Um, you could take out what he has said in his book before that, you know, that he part of his character is he felt he didn't defend his mother when his you know father was being abusive so that kind of spread on his reaction to that situation but he did say he'd reach out to chris rock you know personally and taught him when because you know but chris rock doesn't want to approach him i think chris rock did a comedy thing saying yeah i don't want to you know reach out to you so (laughs) <laughs> so the end <laughs> i don't know i, I don't know because chris rock is saying like oh Will you're 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 trying to you know make something out of this and you know like some people are thinking will smith's trying to monetize it to a degree but chris rock literally has been talking nonstop about this every chance he gets so i'm trying i'm thinking who's trying to you know gain who, who's gaining more from this like will has just been quiet for the past few months but every time Chris Rock does this comedy set that's what he chooses to talk about so
0: oh he got um, smacked yeah. so I guess if anyone should profit off of it it should be him <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, oh, but the thing yeah. is if, if I got smacked I wouldn't and if it hurt me so much I wouldn't talk about it ad nauseum I just I want people to forget that moment and move on you know so
0: yeah. but yeah i'm just like i don't know it's such a weird i can't i, I actually forgot that that happened this yeah. year i thought that happened like last year and then i was watching some guys on youtube review like there's this YouTuber who reviews like each oscar like every year they watch it live and they like make their predictions or whatever And I was watching it again and I was like oh yeah that did happen this year like that's crazy like everything that's happened this year I actually did forget about this (laughs) incident but yeah I just feel like you know it's such a weird thing because you still have to like have a career like both Chris Rock and Will Smith like Will Smith still wants to be an actor like so I guess he felt like he had to address it again. Like the fact that he was sorry and he's going to reach out and all other stuff. Some people were saying, like, oh, it's just too late for him to say anything. Like he should apologize at the Oscars. And then, like, Will Smith goes into more detail about, like, he was like answering questions, like, no, Jada didn't make me do anything and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, okay. Like, I don't. I, I stopped caring in, like, April. So it's just yeah. a very weird. For all stuff to come back up again, it just feels very, like... Just just go on and make your movies and just, you know, just do that. <laughs>
1: just don't care. And it's, and, it's, and it's honestly, it's not like it has affected Will Smith's career because he still has his projects. He mm-hmm. hasn't been dropped from any of his projects. Like, he still... And even though that happened, he's still one of Hollywood's most spankable stars. So he's still going to, you know, make his movies. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Everyone will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, yes. Um, Euphoria's Sydney Sweeney had this big interview with The Hollywood Reporter. She's on the cover this uh, month. And she had this entire interview about, like, her life and being on Euphoria and all this, and all that other stuff. I found this very interesting just because, like, I don't know anything about her. So, like, <laughs> it was just interesting to hear what she had to say. Very dark, like, just start to, like, being in this business. Like, she got real real about what was going on or what's going on in her life. Um, she did say that she can't take a six month break because she doesn't have enough money to cover a six month break and she said that you know she doesn't have anyone to support her so she like what I'm taking from this is that she's probably supporting most of her family which I don't love but okay and she she said that she she said this which I thought was interesting she said that Networks and studios don't pay actors like they used to, and streamers don't provide residuals. And then she said that she gives 5% to her lawyer, 10% to her agents, 3% to her business manager, paying, and she has to pay her publicist every month. And that's more than her mortgage. So, you know, I, I mean, I guess I didn't think deeply into how much the a actors do get paid, but... She was also on another television show. She was also on The White Lotus. And she just got two Emmy nominations. So I would think that she would actually be making a good, not a lot of money. Like she's probably not making the money that Zendaya is making. But in terms of just like making like a good salary for being an up-and-coming actor, because I think Euphoria was like her bigger, like the biggest break she's had since starting her career. Um I would think she would be making like a sizable amount of money that she would be able to take care of herself and like take a break if she needed to or whatever. But the way that she's putting it, it seems like whatever she's getting paid isn't enough. And that she has to take like all these other deals and stuff because she just needs like the money, like not that she actually cares about doing all this other stuff. That's very interesting to me because I guess I never really thought about their salary. I didn't think about what they were doing at all. I mean, I'm in my mind, it's like when you're making like six figures, you're good, but that is not the case. I guess apparently if you're living in LA, which is a very expensive place to live and all that other stuff. And you're also having to pay a whole bunch of people around you in order to do your job. It's just like, yeah, that's true. You, most of your money isn't, you're not seeing it. That is true. And so I guess that people are kind of like split on it. Some people feel like you're an actress and you're famous and you don't have like the right to complain about income or whatever. And other people are like more like me, where I'm like, yeah, like you, <laughs> I don't know how you would earn more money at this stage in your career. Other than doing what you're doing now, which is like taking brand deals and all that other stuff. But I also feel like it is good to be honest, especially if you're trying to talk, if you're like a young person trying to talk to other young people who might want to, you know, be in the business, be, and actor and stuff, just to be honest and be like, listen, like, this is what it costs to do this. So, if you're thinking that if you're on a very popular TV show, you're getting paid a lot of money, you're probably, that's probably not going to happen for a while. So, I'm actually happy that she did talk about it. But I don't know, when, when it comes to celebrities and money, people are really, they're really fickle about those kind of conversations. So,
1: I mean, off the rip, I would kind of say, you know, buying a three hundred three what million dollar mansion in la probably wasn't the most sound financial decision you could have made <laughs> you know but i'm also uh, thinking like
0: you can't buy like good real estate for much cheaper you know what i'm saying like three million dollars is probably not that expensive get, in the can, like grand scheme of you can you can uh, get that same. real estate is what yeah, i'm what really saying, saying. Though, but i'm
1: saying i'm like because because i'm like let's be honest we broke so right. I don't once, know. <laughs> once 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 I once I and having that and it's clear from her story, like her family struggled. And every I think everybody once they somehow reach a level of fame, you kind of already know what you want to do. I like I know me personally, if I was an actor, um and I'm aware of my financial decisions. And I think this also I think the key thing I think people don't realize is she probably probably the person she probably needs to pay, honestly, more than anything, as a probably a financial advisor. Help her with this situation because the mm. first bit of advice probably she would have gotten was not to buy a house in LA. <laughs> you know, um, but I mean, everybody is and you I'm I'm happy she's transparent and she is right. Streamers like you're getting paid. This is your contract. Is what you're getting paid. Like actors, not around, nowadays. If you're on a streaming platform, you're not getting residuals at all
0: question you know, what does
1: that mean i still
0: don't
1: residuals yes residuals are basically um every time the show airs or rebroadcast or you get paid like take take seinfeld uh, right. when seinfeld enters syndication when well, it was longer running but it was still airing on tvs actors are still getting paid x amount of money um That's either, money. Either, either monthly or yearly okay yeah i get it um, i get it <laughs> But in the birth of streaming, you're not making that unless you're like Larry David or, or or Jerry Seinfeld, who were the minds behind the product. Now that Netflix right. is in a bidding for it, they can make money because it's their it's their property. But yeah, actors nowadays aren't making like streaming is basically still like YouTube, like. You hope you get in a project and you make enough money and parlay that fame into something else and that's why a lot of celebrities will do appearances or they'll do booking fees to get paid it's like the the music it though the entertainment industry universally is like that same thing with actors, not actors but rappers and singers their record label contracts they don't make money on the album sales that goes back to like the, they're paid up front like the record label makes money off the album sales but well, these performers they make money on touring that's why you see so many singers like touring like they spend more time touring than they do in the studio making money but that, that's the state of the entertainment industry as a whole so yeah, yeah they, it, that's it, why
0: i'm like a huge proponent of actors especially young actors becoming executive producers producing like that because that's where you're going to make the money. Not really acting. Like you have to like you're going to have to do like a lot of projects in order to like make a good amount of money. You're not going to see money like Scarlett Johansson or Daniel Craig. You're not making millions like ninety million dollars. You're not going to make that until you've yeah. had like a really long career or and or you're in a huge franchise where you can get that kind of money. So if you're doing these other projects like. Become an executive producer. Become a producer. Like write. Like actually create stuff. So like when it does go out there, you're you're seeing that money, not
1: yeah. other people. And and it's especially worse if you're a younger actor now, because all these streaming platforms, for the most part, where all these younger actors tend to, you know, do projects on. Like she's on two HBO series. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of streaming platforms are trying to sign all these. You no. Know, Influencers and social social media stars, TikTok stars. I mean, for before TikTok it was Vine, before Vine it was just YouTube. You know, they're trying to sign these people and turn them into actors because they already have a built-in fan base. So you're 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 a trained actor. Went to UCLA, you went to film school. You've done all this acting, theater. You've grinded. You're competing against those people who already are established, are established actors but are already known quantities. And for a lot of these streaming platforms, to either oh. 72 million people already follow this person online and they can't act. We're going to, we're going to make them an actor. So now Hollywood's reverting back to the old Hollywood format of building talent. Like you Man. have the base already. Now we're going to, we're now we're going to cultivate your talent. So especially for her, she's competing against those kind of people. So it's it's honestly going to be really hard for her, but at least now, you know, with these two Emmy nominations, she probably can go to negotiations for Project Look, I have two Emmy, no- Emmy nominations. Mm-hmm. What are you offering? Right, right. Make it raise it or lower it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Now you've got something to bring to the table.
0: I love that. I yeah. love that.
1: Anyway. <laughs> um, so, um, this is kind of late news. Uh, of course, Comic Con ended last week. Um, but uh, Jason Momoa said his best friend. Um, Mr. Benjamin Affleck Lopez um, is will be returning as his Batman role for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, which is surprising because we haven't really heard much about uh, this Aquaman movie or a, a lot of the other DC projects um, to a degree. Um, but yeah, Mr. Mr. Lopez is making his appearance in um, Aquaman 2. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: screaming at Mr. Lopez. Is that
0: really his name now? No. Oh, yeah. I was going to was... scream if that was his real name, but right? I can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just saw the photo. That was, like, big news on all these other news sites where they were, like, hanging out, like, buddy, buddy.
1: And I was like, okay. I'm, I'm not surprised that he's showing up in it, especially now that their DC's up in the air of Henry is going to still play S- Superman the only issue they have with Ben Affleck is Ben Affleck wanted to act and direct in his movie until that Mm -hmm. got given to Robert Patson. So especially considering you don't have that, you don't have Henry Cavill as Superman. And also knowing that Flash is just, (laughs) we don't know what's going on with Flash. You kind of do need um, Ben Affleck back in that Batman role to maintain that um, that, universal synchronicity that DC's trying to go for, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. they're trying. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Henry Cavill, apparently The Witcher season two is on pause because of COVID. I think someone had a COVID outbreak. Oh, season three, sorry, excuse me. The Witcher season three halts production due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure... Oh, he tested positive. Oh, no, no, no. That's not true. So there's, there's like mixed rumors of if he tested positive or if somebody on a set tested positive and that's why they paused. Um, I'm really wondering, this is something that I've been thinking about it because I saw a photo of Tom Cruise in London filming Mission Impossible 8. And I was saying, wait, hold on a second. They've been filming this movie since way last year. Like it feels like it's been a year plus that they're still filming Mission Impossible. I couldn't believe that. But then I was thinking like is COVID making these bigger productions lo- run longer because you have so many people who have to make the movie and if anybody gets sick, you have to pause production? Like I, I do think is that's how is,
1: is that how that's working now? I think I think Mission Impossible did have a pause in production because of COVID, COVID outbreak. Um, around last year, so, and especially now that it's probably most likely picking up again, because due to Top Gun, he was on his whole press tour for Top Gun before you know, um, shooting continuing Mission Impossible. So, yeah,
0: yeah, but I was thinking like I was seeing photos of him on Mission Impossible. This is how this is the news that I get. There were photos of him and his cast and the cast of Mission Impossible at Wimbledon, and Wimbledon Wimbledon happens in July. And I was seeing photos of them shooting from before that. So I was like, "There's it, it's easily been over a year if they've been shooting this. But then I thought back to the fact that the Batman also took over a year to make. And I'm just thinking like, I think these bigger productions just take a lot longer because of COVID now. Like I think before you can make one of these big movies in what, like six months, maybe six, seven, eight months, you can have like a big budget film completed, like on the scale of these things. Now it's taking years to get, complete this crap. And I'm like, oh my God, that's why. And this is not even a movie. This is a television show. But because TV is like film, like it's yeah. just taking like a really long time for them to film these things. So that's an investment. Like that's a really, to require actors and your entire creative team and everyone to be on set for like, for like a year plus. That's a lot out of people. Like that's a huge ass yeah um, I don't know if I
1: could do it, but um, depending on the pay, if the pay is good um yeah. <laughs> like,
0: okay, look, yeah, even, here. even
1: though look even though look' even though the project might be paused, that contract still has to be met like I'm, that's true. i I am contracted to work on this project for two months. Your pause doesn't mean anything to me you're <laughs> you're gonna start back production, okay, I need you re up my contract, you know, so um if if they're being safe, that's fine. I'll, Mm. issue um and maybe also those COVID breaks you know improve the quality of work because like i said like stranger things they admitted due to COVID they were able to um sit restructure the season to make it better and especially knowing tom cruise how i view tom cruise the same way um richard branson like richard branson like invest in all this stuff like space exploration and stuff just so oh, he that's what
0: he does
1: Richard Braxton, yeah, from Virgin Mobile and stuff like that. Like oh. he 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 invests in all this stuff. So this little junkie junky fun. I feel like Tom Cruise say anything with his movie. is like, yeah, I'm gonna exec I'm gonna produce this movie just so I can like climb the Burj Khalifa or I can fly in a fighter jet. Like that's Tom Cruise. Tom, Tom Cruise is not really act like, he's like, I feel like he's just a stunt man who can act. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I agree. Oh, so, but yeah. But but with the COVID thing. Um, you know, uh, at least sets are safe, first and foremost. So
0: yeah, yeah, that is true. Thought it was interesting though. Um. Okay. So a quick little mention. Um. The Venice Film Festival, as well as the Toronto Film Festival, has released their 2022 lineups. Um, and I got anxiety because I was like, there are so many things I have to see this fall. Like there is just mm-hmm. a lot of movies coming this fall. Oh my goodness. Um, I know personally what I'm excited to see, um, daydream, which is, um, the documentary about David Bowie cannot wait to see that have been seeing those trailers for a few weeks now. And I literally can't wait to see that. Um, the woman King Viola Davis bones and all Timothy Chalamet, Luca Guadagnino, their team up, White Nose, Noah Baumbach with Greta, and Adam Driver. Can't wait to see that, too. There's a lot of good stuff, but those are the, those are the things that I can't wait to see. It's coming out.
1: From these um, festivals. I'm looking forward to, I hope I pronounce like right, Uh I'm not French. I'm sorry if I'm bushing the French language. Um, <clears throat> it's a movie starring Kevin Richardson, um, Kevin Harrison Jr., um, it's a historical drama. Oh yes, 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 uh, yes! I, I yes. can't wait for that.
0: I can't man, wait
1: for that. This is podcast is the Kevin and train. Um, we are here. <laughs> I can't wait for moving on, and I can't wait for yeah, moving on, and that yeah, that's really it to me. Um, so hopefully we get to participate in TIFF. Um, so but yeah, TIFF yeah. is a month, a month away from now yes i'm very excited that the
0: wave actors are doing big things in this because um i'm not me forgetting this girl's name already taylor russell who's also in waves is going to be involved in awesome can't wait look, we love waves and all the people who are involved in we they're done they're wavy.
1: Look, taylor i, I don't know if you listen to this but if you are if you are we've we've mentioned kevin a couple times but we do want to see, you know, that music video of you and um, Kendrick Lamar from his album as a mini what? movie. He, he you didn't know he was on. He, she was on Lamar, Kim, Kendrick Lamar's album. She's on his album. Yeah, they, it's, a, it's a skit in his album. I, I, I would like to see the mini movie of that. Of that. Oh, skit. I need to find that out. So, now. I need <laughs> to find it. So yes. <laughs> um, just keep us posted, updated on you know what that's dropping. Um, but yeah
0: <laughs> I can't believe I did not know that girl you better get it get it Taylor get it anyway so what did you watch this week dude?
1: um kinda kinda kept it true. you know you know life and things happen but so just time to take a mental break I think even though we do operate a podcast you know people in general um just go to take breaks when you can take breaks I just kind of chilled and just vegged out and s- slept and just relaxed and didn't really watch anything else. The Grey Man, no. Had 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 you know had I was had I been prepared for Grey Man to be what Grey Man was, probably would have watched something else during the weekend as well. But yeah, no. So I just I just chilled. <laughs>
0: yeah, I didn't watch anything either. I rewatched things, but I didn't really I I didn't watch anything, you know. I re-watched Little Women cause all this Barbie talk has me hyped for Greta. Like I'm feeling more, I feel Greta's presence just more and more until the Barbie movie actually comes out. <laughs> so I did a little rewatch of that. But yeah, and I just, I'm always re Stranger Things. Like if you caught me like on a day, just randomly I will be watching Stranger Things. I have been watching Only Murders in the Building. I started watching Severance, so when that's done i'll give a little review after i finish watching it but so far I'm really into it so yeah i have been watching things but some of them have been new some of them haven't yeah just I haven't, just I haven't completed anything yeah exactly i haven't completed anyway um, that's our episode so we hope you're sure taking care of yourselves and having a great week make sure to check out all of our social media follow us on letterbox to support us if you can and we'll see you guys in the next episode
1: Au revoir.